Welcome to Season 4 of Game Design Unboxed on the No Direction Network. Danielle Reynolds talks to tabletop game designers about the games they've made. Together, they unbox how the game went from inspiration to publication. Proudly sponsored by All Play. If you're looking for a board game table, bag, playmat, or great board games, check them out at letsallplay.com. Thank you for joining me, Danielle, for Game Design Unboxed, Inspiration to Publication, Episode 78, Diced Veggies. Today, we are joined by Josh Jory and Rowan Capel, the designers of KTBG's Diced Veggies. Thanks for joining me, all of you. Our pleasure. Well, to get us started, I'm interested in hearing mostly from our two younger ones, what got you both into game design? Uh, Rowan, you want to start first? Yeah, so I think it was just... Josh and Jory, they were working on one, and I was just really interested in wanting to see how it worked, and I don't know, I just started doing it with them, and it was really fun. All right, then the other two, what made you start working on a game? And I'm assuming it's the game that ended up becoming Dice Veggies, or was it something different? It was. Yeah, that's the one. So Jory is my son, and Rowan is my niece, and Jory and I have worked for years on lots of game designs. We have a bunch of them that are in various stages of completion you know how that works there's <laughs> they are they range anywhere from just like a, the name of a game on, on a page all the way up to stuff that we've tried to play before and this one we got it to a point where it was very it seemed like it was going to be very fun and then at a, at a, at a family gathering where our two families were at a cottage for about a week um, Rowan saw us working and got really interested in it and started to contribute suggestions and ideas. And then after a while, it was obvious that she was just designing it with us. So we decided to push it forward and make it be a project that the three of us were doing together. That's so awesome. And how old are you both? No offense, Josh. I mean, you can say how old you are too. <laughs> nah, it's okay. I'm 11. Um, yeah, and I'm 12. Awesome. And then Joy, what got you into designing games with your dad? I've loved games my whole life. Um, like you said, we've just tried working on a lot of them. So we just started making games together. Cool. So how do you play Dice Fetchies for anyone who hasn't played the game? And whoever wants to take it can go for it. Ooh, I want to hear this. One of you guys do it. So how you play is you are chefs and you are trying to prepare dishes. And there's a block of dice in the middle. And on your turn, you have to cut dice away from the block and put the like cut the dice according to um, what dice you need to make the meal and each die has a different um, vegetable that you need for the recipe it's pretty good yeah that is pretty good anything you want to fill in around yeah just to add on it's like you're cutting and then you're cooking and you can like use like different like hype cards to like add point values to make something like better to like enhance it more. Do you have any examples of what these hype cards might say? Maybe it's like you need to have all even numbers on the dice and then it makes it extra delicious or something like that. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good explanation of the game. It's a, it's a sort of a dice drafting game, except the drafting mechanism is very physical. So like Jory said, there's this block, there's a, like a, a grid block of dice in the middle of the board. There's an actual cardboard cleaver that you use to physically chop the dice away and slide them away from that block in the middle of the table. And you're collecting them because you want certain dice to be able to fulfill the recipe cards that you have in your hand. Different recipes want different combinations of dice. So you're cutting those dice away from the middle 
trying to get them. And like Rowan said, there are also hype cards that let you sort of manipulate your score based on uh, different conditions that you can meet. So we're trying to make those recipes and also hype them up for better scoring. Very cool. Are there any requirements when you are chopping away the dice? Like, is there a certain point value of pips? Yeah, so there's pips from two to six. So usually the, so you can cut up to 10 pips worth of dice. Yeah. So one more thing with the pips, like it could be, you could take like two carrots that are both two, or you could take like one that's a six or you can like add any combination all the way up to 10. Yeah that's what creates sort of the limitations on which dice you can chop away because you want certain colors to make your recipes and then the numbers on the dice the pips are what limits you for the dice that you're allowed to chop away you can't just chop whatever you want you can only cut up to 10 pips away at a time and the the numbers aren't relevant to completing the recipes the, the pip values you're only caring about the colors but where the numbers do start to matter is when you are fulfilling those hypes, trying to increase the score. So if I have all the right vegetables that I need in order to make chicken pot pie or whatever the recipe is that I'm, that I'm trying to make, if they then also satisfy the conditions of a hype card, such as Rowan said, all the dice must be even numbers, for example, then I could apply the hype card and uh, raise the score. It's a nice little small but important tension that you have in the game when you're choosing what to cut. That's very cool. So where did the initial inspiration of this game come from? So me and my dad were actually working on a different game that we're trying to come up with names for. And my dad suggested diced veggies. So we worked off of that. So the cutting mechanism was part of the like the game the whole time. We didn't come up with it later. But there's a sheet with different recipes on it. And you have to complete those recipes. And, and once you complete those recipes, other people could still complete it, but um, it would be worth less points. Yeah, the roll and write uh, avenue didn't really work out for this game. It, it's, it felt better once everyone had their own recipes they were working on instead of sort of like a shared uh, menu of recipes that everyone was working on. But like Jory said, this, this game came to us title first. <laughs> it's uh, a rarity, but when, when, the, when the name came out, both of us just kind of realized that that's a really good name for a game. And very soon after that, we figured out that if it was going to be called Dice Veggies, then we should actually be dicing up something. And the, the idea of the cardboard knife came out very soon after that. And once that was established, the game fell into place pretty quickly. It, uh, it was just so much fun to be doing that little chopping action that we knew we had something special right away. How did you decide on the vegetables? That's a good one, Rowan. Yeah, so I think it was just what veggies were like we could find the most recipes for. I remember we spent the one vegetable was carrots. I feel like also it was because of range of colors because you can't have all green vegetables because that's like too confusing. So trying to figure out recipes for carrots, we were just like Googling like what are good carrot recipes. There's not a lot of recipes with carrots in them. Okay, so it is like thematically accurate. You did the research to figure out what kind of food would go into things. Yeah, that was that was a, a lot of the work. A lo- that took a while. Yeah, it took a while, but it was fun. Yeah, like we spent a long time doing it. Yeah, and our criteria was the vegetables we chose. They had to be vegetables that you do dice in, into into recipes. So all the ones we chose are ones that you could reasonably say, yeah, those are those are things that get diced and and used in food and Rowan's right the color mattered we need them all to be different 
And then again, the, they needed to be things that we could find lots of recipes that included those things. So it couldn't be like rutabaga because who knows what people use that for. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh man. And okay, so the idea came from the name and then you brought in the whole like slicing up stuff. At what point, like Rowan, when you were playing this game with the two of them, you're like, I want to work on this. Like what made you so excited about it? I remember the first thing that we did was that I did was we drew out what the cards would look like. So they had art like I think I joined when we were when they were thinking like, what do we have to do to change it from the big menu card? They were like, what should we do instead? They were talking about it and I was like, we drew cards and then I just started helping. Very cool. And Josh, you do all the artwork for your company. I didn't do the illustration for this one. I do the creative direction and all of the graphic design. So on, in, on this one, the artist's name is Claire Lynn. And she did all the, the gorgeous food art. I was going to say, it definitely made me hungry when I saw it at the last convention. Yeah, she's really great. Very cool. What did playtesting look like for this game? Uh, playtesting for this game, we, agree, we agreed that we would only work on this game when all three of us were there because I live with Jory and not with Rowan and we didn't want it, the game designed to get away from her. I'm, I'm sure that you worked in partnership in like three person partnerships before where if two people do a lot of the working together, the third person starts to feel disconnected from the design. So we made sure that it was always the three of us together when we were, when we were play testing. And it was mostly at first, just three of us just playing the game over and over again and figuring out what feels right, what doesn't. And then having discussions about, Hey, if this is what is not, feeling good then why isn't it and what might we do in order to fix it so that it was it felt to me like I was just sort of shepherding them through the idea of game design and what to do when you encounter problems with your game design and that was just a really awesome fun family activity for us I was gonna say do the other two agree (laughs) I I hope so (laughs) yeah I agree okay <laughs> yeah i mean the game is is pretty short which is advantageous for for playtesting you get to play it a lot uh and a lot of a lot of times and you can go through it quickly change something and then and then try it again so it doesn't take very long with a, with a light game like this to iterate and try try different things and see what works and what doesn't at one point we had it that you were spending points in order to do different actions you know, you would spend three three points to cut a die and two points to draw a recipe and so on. And that ended up being too complex and heavy for what this game is. Well, yeah, it was like a lot of math. It was like write down all the numbers and like add them at the end. Yeah, it, it became uh, too clunky. And we realized that this needs to be as absolutely smooth as possible. So we just kept on chopping and chopping and chopping things away until it became what it is. That's awesome. And at what point did you feel like this game was going to be the one that you wanted to publish next? I mean, it was pretty early, actually. Like, like once we got into the groove of what the game was going to feel like, it felt like it, it was going to be published. Yeah, we're pretty confident. We have a, we have a, an in with the publisher. I mean, Helena is the publisher. She made us pitch it to her. She didn't just accept it. She had us like actually do a proper pitch session to her and uh, show her the game and explain it. She she stayed a little bit distant from it while we were uh, developing it, which was kind of neat. That's awesome. Okay, so Jory and Rowan, how was it pitching to your mom slash aunt a game? Did I pitch it? 
That wasn't me. <laughs> Rowan got cut out of it? So, all right, Jory, then how was it to pitch to your mom? Well, it was actually, like, mostly my dad that pitched it. But we were talking to her for a while um, if she wanted to pitch it or not. Like, if we wanted to publish it, yeah. Yeah, it was more just talking about, like, is it good? We didn't actually, like, we weren't, we didn't do the actual pitch. All right. Well, next time I think you two should do the actual pitch. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. So what did you two feel when you found out that you were nominated for the Young Inventor Award at the Taggies? Like, how did that feel? I don't know. I felt like, I was like, actually, me? I made a board game at my cousin's house this one time. It seemed like very like sudden, but the game is really fun, and I was just happy about it. And also because it's like a pretty big deal. What about you, Jory? How'd you feel when you found out you were nominated? I was pretty surprised, actually. Like I came home from school, and my mom was like, "You you got um nominated for an award?" I was like, "What? Really?" Yeah, that's so exciting. It's funny. They are. I mean, Jory is close to our. In just, in our, like he has a close window to the game industry. He hears Helene and I talking about stuff all the time and conventions and awards and publishing and just lots of sort of inside baseball uh, talk about, about what's going on. And I think for both of the kids, it just kind of feels like this is all happening sort of, it's just happening automatically. Like it's not anything that they're pushing or trying for. It's just sort of... Like, oh, we, we made this game together, and then and it's like, hey, guess what, kids? It's we, it's being published, and guess what, kids? It's sold out, and guess what, kids? It's being reprinted, and guess what? You, you've been nominated for an award, and it, it's all kind of like, they don't, they don't seem to really know how to react to those things. They've never um, designed or, or published a game that didn't get this amount of uh, good news from it before, so... Harold and Josh, how do you feel seeing that success for this game? Because it sounds like this is the first published game for both of you two. It's both of their first published games. Yeah, I've got a bunch under my belt. And for me, it's awesome because it is being very, very well received. And it is the simplest uh, game that I've ever designed. And it makes me wonder if I'm making games that are too complicated. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations to both of you. How long do you think it took in total from like that initial inspiration to the publication of this game? It was really fast. We had the, the, the substantial idea of it together at the beginning of the summer, and it was fully designed by the end of the summer. I think it was like late spring. Late spring by what? Um, like when we started making it. Oh, when we started making it? Yeah late spring, and then we were at that cottage trip during the summer, which is when Rowan joined us, and then by the end of the summer, it uh, it was all squared away, really, and it was signed, and by midwinter, we were just refining it and sending it off to print very fast. I mean, usually these things take at least two years from, from beginning. Yeah, that's what I normally say, like an average of two-ish years. Yeah, that's for an easy, that's for a simple one, and, and- this was quick. It was, I think, like exactly a year from when I joined, like, and I started working on it until I think it was the next July I joined in like August and the next July it was like being printed. Yeah, pretty speedy. 
All right. Well, then for each of you, what was like the most valuable thing that you learned? Like, Josh, I want to know from your perspective of now working on the what you claim to be the most simple game you've worked on. And then the kids, I want to hear from them too after. Okay. So that that is the thing that I learned is that simplification doesn't mean that the game is, isn't enough. And it, it's quite challenging to make the game simple and still have sort of the depth and nuance that uh, that you would want out of it. And fixing a game by adding rules isn't necessarily fixing the game. It is, uh, but that's not always what's doing the trick. It's you have to look at what the fundamental thing is that you're trying to fix and figure out if you can change something rather than add something. So I don't know. Uh, not not being an additive designer is is maybe the thing that that I learned from this. Also, I learned that it's it's pretty fun to uh, make games with uh, with these two, and it's nice to feel like uh, a teacher as I'm designing a game and showing them how to go about thinking about solving game design problems. It's awesome. Very cool. All right, one of you two, what's your answer? I just learned so much stuff because, like, I never made a game before, and my parents don't really play games that much. My brother is... A little bit of a sore loser so okay <laughs> anyways but I just learned like how to like share my ideas I learned how to like edit my ideas I don't know I learned a lot of things like how to play this game I was gonna say I hope by the time you've had an award nomination you know how to play your own game <laughs> all right well how about you Jory I have been trying to work on games a lot, and a lot of ideas pop up in my head, but this game, like, really made me think, like, there's a bunch of problems in the game, and working with um, Rowan and Dad, like, made me think, and they, like, also helped make, like, make ideas, and that made me learn, and how to get around problems very cool all right well then i'm gonna start back we'll just go with like josh rowan jory we'll just do this order for all the remaining questions you guys good with that yeah sweet all right well i want to know what your favorite part of this experience was as well as your least favorite part oh boy you're the adult that's why i'm making you go first (laughs) yeah no okay so i mean my favorite part of the experience was doing this with these two kids it really uh, i a lot of my game design is kind of alone, and this was really nice to be doing it uh, with a group. And I don't know, I, I guess that that's what it is. My, my favorite part was working with these two. And my least favorite part of it, I'm trying to think of what a, what a, a least favorite part of this might be. Okay, um, the, my least favorite part of it was, uh, although it turned out to be a good thing, but my least favorite part about it was having to battle with my tendency to overcomplicate rules in order to get the experience that I want out of the game. So it sucked to have to go through that realization and sort of fight with myself over what was going to make this be a successful product. But in the end, it is definitely for the to the benefit of it. And it, it, was, it was eye-opening. So I didn't like having to having to reckon with that, but it, uh, it's definitely a positive in the long run. Interesting. Was that something you realized in yourself or the other two kind of keep you in check and go, that's too difficult, that's too much? 
That's more like uh, Helena would uh, be the one that was uh, keeping me in check with that. She is always, always telling me to not add things. Not don't make the game longer. Don't make the rule book longer. Just find the find the experience that you want more simply. So that's uh, that, that's my my main uh, cheerleader of simplicity. Awesome. All right, Rowan, what was your favorite and least favorite part of this experience? Well, my favorite part, I feel like I have two favorite parts. I liked doing it with you guys. And then also I liked like finding the recipes and finding the hypes. I liked trying to think of like ways to add points, ways to like, I don't know, just ways to like boost it a little bit more than it already was. Right. So the, 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 the content creation for the game rather than the rules like rather than like the mechanical rules part of the game you like making the different recipes and making the different hype cards that scored in different ways is that what what you're saying yeah yeah me too that was great and i feel like the only part that i actually didn't like was just that it was kind we do live very close together which is nice but it was kind of annoying that like to work on it we had to like go to each other that was a little bit annoying yeah so did you physically play test the whole time or did you ever do digital play testing never digital physical only wow that's impressive but we live like on the same block like we live close oh my god like, so that's not bad <laughs> it's like yeah it's like two blocks yeah two blocks away we have to turn one corner and we're there okay yeah that's not terrible all right, what about you, Jory? What was uh, your favorite and least favorite part? Well, my favorite part was, so we had a big problem with the dice um, and how many pips it should be and on and how many points the um, the recipe should be. And I, I liked thinking about that. Like, I like math a lot. So that, that was fun for me. And my least favorite part, unlike Rowan, was... Um, Actually, finding the recipes, I, I did not like that at all. Well, good. Wow, it sounds like you guys are going to make good co-designers. You fill each other's gaps. Yeah, good. We had you both on the team. Wait, Jory, what, Jory, with the dice, what was the problem with normal dice? So the lower dice, like you could, because at that point we were like, we were at um, 10 pips worth of um, cutting dice, but... If you just cut 10 ones, which is very rare, but, like, it happens, you're getting, like, 10 ones. First, the block the block would deplete very quickly. And second, you can you, you would be able to complete recipes way too easily. All right. How do we solve that? So each recipe has needs different amounts of dice to complete it. So we had to think of a way so that each, like, um, for like, let's say the three dice recipes, you it would be like the same amount of points as a four re- recipe, but that wouldn't really be fair. So all we did was the recipes with the same amount, like um, two of the same um, two of the same vegetable in it, were a certain amount of points. Like for the three of the same vegetable, were were more points than the first one, and the one with only one of the vegetable were um were the least amount of points so that goes with every amount of um dice per recipe so you like doing that mathematical balancing yeah cool it's good to know i do not 
Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> also, I'm not a fan, but sounds like you're a developer I'd want to hire in the future. <laughs> All right. Well, then, what is one piece of advice you would give to designers? Um, Josh, I want you to go last. I want the other two to go first. So just like if you have any classmates or something that want to design a game, what would you tell them to do? Rowan, go for it. My best advice, be related to a board game designer. But my second best advice... I guess it's like you can dream up any game you want. You don't need to like have a bunch of like fancy stuff. You can just like have an idea, a few dice and some like pieces of paper with small drawings on it. And you can still like figure out a concept, figure out rules. Like it doesn't have to be super fancy or like super big for you to be able to start. Good advice. Very cool. Yeah. So when you run into a problem, like, don't give up on that. Like, figure out something that can fix it. And if you can, act like, figure out nothing, make another idea. Don't just, like, don't just quit on it. I like that. Persistence. That's good advice. We should, we should bring back some of the games that we quit on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes they come back where you repurpose pieces of it, so... Well, if there's, if there's a hook there, you know, if there's something special about it and the, 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 uh, the things that you are coming up with to, to support that hook aren't making it shine, then sometimes you just, you do give up on it. But if, it, if that, if that central idea is, is, is important enough for you to come back to and work on it, then yeah. One of the games, we just, just fully stopped working on it. Like it was good. We just stopped working on it. Yeah, well, we can go back to it. Which one? Um. Also, there's a TV show named it now. I think it's an anime. It's called Broken Blade. Yeah, we have to give up on the name, but the game is good. The name is good too. All right, Josh. What about you? What kind of advice do you have for designers? Um, is it and like just advice writ large or advice and like advice pertaining to something in particular? You know, why don't we do it as something particular? Why don't you do it about just like working with kids on a co-design because I know there's a lot of I, I'm always a judge for the young inventor challenge and so I get to judge the, like the kids stuff but it's always cool to see like as a mentor and it sounds like that's what you were as a co-designer like what advice would you offer to anyone trying to like either mentor their child or like help support a kid going through the process of trying to make their own game right okay so my advice, if you, if you are doing that and working with children on designing a game, is to resist the urge to just do things and not explain them to the kids and not think it through with the kids. So I had to very much keep myself from just saying, this is what's going to work, and trust me. Instead, I would, I would try to help them understand what was creating the problem we were encountering and then talk through a solution with them. So... But that is sort of my advice, is to not alpha gamer your uh, game design sessions with them, but instead uh, sort of give them the information that they need in order to come up with their own solutions for things. And, you know, if there's something that I felt was a good solution for something, of course, I would guide them towards it or um, suggest it and see if they make sure that they understood how the thing that I was suggesting would be addressing and solving the problem that, that we had encountered. So it's all about making sure that you're not leaving them to be just sort of spectators to the process, but including them and in assessing the things that I contribute. And then 
for the kids. Jory, I'm going to start with you. What do you think was your biggest contribution to the design of this game? I mean, we worked on it pretty equally, but I think my biggest contribution was like with the recipes because I, the start of the game, for like when it was all back on the sheet, I still have the idea that you're like making recipes and getting points off of that. Okay. And then what about you, Rowan? I honestly don't know what my biggest contribution was. I think it was, I think you, didn't you come up with the hype? The hypes was sort of a joint effort, but I feel like hypes was, I think, probably the biggest part. Thinking that we needed a way to elevate, to make the points higher without just like having recipes, like we needed something else. Plus, I think I contributed a lot to just figuring out what the hype cards, like what do you have to do to score them? What are the names of them? Very cool. Awesome. And then for any of you, are there any games that fans should be looking out for? Like Josh, I know you do other designs. You also, I mean, do KTVG games. Is there anything people need to know about that are coming up on the horizon? Well, right now we have a game on Kickstarter called Wasabi, and Wasabi, a game of raw skill, and it is a rejuvenation of my very first published design from 2008, so that's a special one for me. It's on Kickstarter right now. Search it up and uh, check it out. That's important. Also, uh, PAX is coming up, uh, and at that convention, we're going to be unveiling three new titles for kids table and for burnt island so I'm, i don't think i'm allowed to talk about them yet but i'm working like a fiend trying to prepare all of the stuff that we are going to be showing to the press uh, in about two weeks very cool and by the time this airs you will have done it so jory and rowan are you two going to continue to work on game designs in the future yeah i hope so very cool well then my final question to all of you and whoever thinks of it first can go first is if you could have been the designer of any game, which one would you have chosen to be the designer of? So, like, what's your favorite game? Or it could be just one that's special to you. What would that game be? Um, well, if I could be the designer of any game, it'd probably be Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why Monopoly? It has done, like, extremely, extremely well. Never heard of it. <laughs> the fame. All right. The fame and fortune. I love it. <laughs> but for... Another game, it would probably be, I don't really know. Are you trying to think of one that you think is is the well-designed game? Yeah. I have two, and they're not, it's not because they're, like, the best games. They're, like, my favorite games because, like, I've played them, like, and it was something good. I like Cockroach Poker because it was, like, really the first game I ever played with my cousins. That's what I would want to have because it's, I think, like, my favorite game to play with other kids. Very cool. Adults don't like that game. <laughs> you said you had two. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Do you knock one out? No, but I feel like it's the same, so never mind. All right, what about you, Josh? A game that I wish I designed. No, I don't. Uh, I, don't I don't really have anything like that. That I, I mean, there, are, there are so many hundreds of, of great board games that I think are amazing with the great ideas in them. But I don't have anything that I sort of have in, at top of mind that I can think of that something that i just wish i'd wish i'd designed oh wait i have one <laughs> there you go jory will take yours so there's a game we um got a while ago um it's called wolverine it's called what wolverine oh you're talking about gulo gulo no wolverine what game's called wolverine 
Um, the one, sorry, um, Werewolf, Werewolf, Werewolf. <laughs> oh, I love that game. It's uh, uh, <laughs> <was> really fun. <laughs> oh, funny. That game's really good. Yes, you get different roles, and you have to, um, you have to pretend or, to, like, basically convince people that you're not the werewolf or bad person, or you are the werewolf. So there's some, some guys do nothing, so... Some, you're the werewolf, and if you don't get voted out at the end, then you, um, you're good. Like, you're, you win. There's some people that want you to get voted out, that want to get voted out. And if they do, they win? Yeah. It's a really fun social deduction. It's, it's really fun. It's really fun. It's like Mafia, if you've ever played that game. It's like Mafia, but a board game. Not, it's like a card game. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of social deduction games. That's a, it's definitely one of the more well-known ones. Awesome. Thanks to all of you for being on this episode, and thanks to everyone who's been listening. This was Game Design Unboxed, Inspiration to Publication, Episode 78, Dice Veggies. And thanks again, Josh, Jory, and Rowan. For anyone who might want to reach out to you, I don't know if you guys do social media, if you're allowed to have it, but if there's anything you want to plug, like, websites or any of that where can you all be found you guys aren't going to be plugging any social media are you all right josh plug away go to kickstarter check out uh the wasabi kickstarter campaign and back our game it is awesome i designed it with a cousin again another another family affair that one and um our company published it so it looks beautiful it plays awesome it's a fun game and everyone should back it right now awesome and then I'm your host, Danielle Reynolds, and you're looking to find me. You can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Blue Sky under the name Token Gamer. And that's G-A-Y-M-E-R. But thanks to all of you for being on the show. It was really fun. Thank you. Thank you for joining Danielle for another episode of Game Design Unboxed, inspiration to publication. If you'd like to hear more great gaming podcasts, check out nodirectionpodcast.com. And if you're looking for a great board game, bag, play bat, or gaming table, check out All Play at letsallplay.com. Join us next time.